0: How hot is Julio Rodriguez right now? He's having games and weeks better than Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth. This guy is unbelievable right now. Last week we came on and we talked about the title, the hottest team in baseball. And
1: then for this episode, I was thinking, what's the title going to be? The hottest team in baseball
0: still? And maybe that is the title. I'm not sure. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast.
1: Welcome into today's show of the Sports on Tap Seattle. Today, this episode is a Mariners-centric podcast. And in a few days, you will see a Seahawks one on the feed. Just to quickly introduce myself, I'm Sammy on Tap. I'm George on Tap. And uh, you can find us everywhere at Seattle on Tap. And if you like the Mariners specifically, at Mariners on Tap on Twitter too, which is probably where you found us. So tune in, like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Follow and leave a review if you're on any other platform. And uh, George... Let's get to the show. Yeah, I think uh, with the Mariners, have you ever seen a team this hot? Like in your lifetime? Because they're actually on a better pace technically than... Like they, they have 20 wins in the month of August, which is tied for their franchise record. They have three days left or two days left. I guess two games, three games left. Until... If they win one more, it's the most wins they've ever had in a month, which is a better pace than the 2001 team. So it is maybe the hottest team we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, for one stretch, one month since or even two months, almost since July, I would say this is the hottest team in history of, well, I mean, I've seen, I don't want to say the hottest team in history of baseball and be hyperbolic here. Um, One thing, though, I've like really, it's interesting to me is like last year, I thought Okay, 14-game winning streak, it's not going to get hotter than that. Can you get hotter than 14 wins in a row? And somehow we've outdone ourselves and we got hotter than a 14-game winning streak.
1: Yeah, because the 14-game, like this year, even though we didn't hit 14 games, I think we had two back-to-back eight-game winning streaks with the exception (laughs) of like a loss in between. Um, Right now we're on a three-game winning streak and four-game winning streak, actually. If we finish two more off on the A's, that's another six-game winning streak. Um, we we 're talking about a team that can essentially potentially go twenty two in like four twenty two and five in a month of august, and that 's hotter than fourteen games and that 's as hot as you can possibly get in like sports and so i'm i 'm just i don 't know our last podcast, which was last i think it was six or seven days ago um our last mariner centric podcast was Titled the hottest team in baseball. And like <laughs> I was thinking about before our episode today, what am I going to title this? And I was like, huh? <laughs> like, the hotter, the, the, the hottest team in, team in baseball gets hotter. And <laughs> it's, it's literally what it is. Or it's or which I, I'm going to bring up pretty soon here is the, like part two of it is also that our best player. Julio Rodriguez is is becoming the hottest player in baseball and, like, the best player in baseball as of right now, outside of Shohei Otani, maybe. But, like, he is, like, blossoming into this, the year two guy that you would hope, right? There's always either the sophomore slump or the guy taking the next step. And he started off with the sophomore slump, turning it into uh, taking a next step. But before I actually move on there, it's just funny because... Those are the two things that crossed my mind. Last week, our episode was about hottest team in baseball. Like, is this going to stop? And like this week's episode is almost like this is the exact same thing (laughs) because they just haven't stopped. They lose a game here or there every week. One like and it's like,
0: that's it. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people say, oh, okay, the last like week or so the schedule has been soft and it has. Right. But. You only can play the teams in front of you, and despite it a soft schedule, no one just wins every single game. Like, still, you play the teams in front of you, even if you're playing good teams. This team, the way they're playing, it doesn't matter who you're playing. The way we're hitting the ball, it doesn't matter who you're playing. The team is just really damn good. And like you said, Julio. I mean, do you want to talk Julio now, or do you want to get to Julio later? Or do you want to talk about the team right now?
1: I want to talk about the team still. Okay. Because let
0: me just add something to what you said,
1: and I agree that it was an easy schedule. Uh, but one thing that I think gets underplayed is that, despite it being an easy schedule, there still were like contending teams. Like, if let's just go through the month of August, the Red Sox is who we started off with, who was a contending team, or, like contending as in like they're four games out of the playoffs, like they're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. The Angels, who we swept, were a team that just came off a deadline where they were absolute buyers, right? Like. Yes. Like, they were trying everything to keep Shoei Otani there and do everything to win. The Padres, we won two games against them. Despite them not looking great, they do have, like, five superstars. The Orioles, which was the one we struggled with the most, we went one and two against the Orioles, are the best record in in the American
0: League. And let's not forget that that series went to extra innings two out of the last three games, too. So we're right there with them. It's not like we lost the games by some insane margin. It was literally, like... You know, inches, not feet.
1: Yeah. And we also had like a 1 nothing loss on Felix Hernandez Hall of Fame night just because like they did, they picked the wrong day to do Felix Hernandez you know. <laughs> Hall of Fame night. Of course, it's a 1 0 loss. We were right there. I think that it was a pretty optimistic feel coming out of that series, even though going, we were going 1 and 2, right? Right. Like it wasn't like a gosh, uh oh, like it's over. Uh, Kansas City was actually weirdly hot at 1.2. The Astros was a sweep. Which, whatever. Then we played the White Sox, the Royals again, now the Athletics. But there was a couple series in there. Like an Astro sweep is pre- pretty pivotal to the fact that we're now first place in the division. Right, uh, Winning games, like a sweep against the Angels, kind of kicking them out of the race was pretty pivotal. And a good series against Baltimore was just a testament to the team. I mean, at the end of the day, there's only going to be... There's only going to be like eight or nine good teams a lot of times in the MLB. The majority of teams are outside the playoffs like and not as good. So like you said, that's just the schedule we had. And despite having some easy games, we still were able to go in there and win some games against the Red Sox, win a game against the Orioles, sweep the Astros on the road, which to me is the most pivotal part of this entire month, regardless of the streaks or anything, is we did some things that are good statements
0: yeah sammy and one thing though you said we kicked uh the angels out of the race but i also feel like we kicked ourselves into the otani race with that series and i know it sounds a little far-fetched for a lot of people but now it sucks right this really does suck that otani has a torn ucl but that's going to bring his price down a little bit and bringing in someone like stanton our ownership who He's not the richest owner in the world. Bringing from Otani from being a seven, maybe six, seven hundred million dollar player down to a four hundred million dollar player, might, might, even have put us in the sweepstakes a little bit more. <laughs> I I love this theory. There, there's there's two sides to this theory, right? Because at
1: the end of the day, I think his value is the exact same, not uh contract value, but his like uh annual. Yearly value. I think he's going to get paid the same amount per year. But like you said, that might be, you know, that $50 million a year for eight years instead of 12 because of, oh, are you going to pitch much? Are you going to do this? But he's still going to get the largest contract ever yearly, which means at the end of the day, most likely, John Stanton, there's not, I don't even know if it's a think so. Like at the end of the day, there's no way he makes less than what like Trout made on his last contract or Soto is looking for. (laughs) He's Shohei Otani. Even if he doesn't care, his agent's going to be like, you're taking the biggest contract of all time. Because, like, you're Shohei Otani. You are the, literally the best player we've ever seen. You
0: know, I kind of feel like Otani's contract is going to be one of those contracts where it's eight years, 500 million, let's say, but he has outs in year three, four, five, six. Seven. Like, he controls his destiny every year if he wants to opt out. That's kind of how I feel it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a theory
1: that's. I'm pretty sure. I I know that's not just your theory. No, no, it's uh, not my theory. theory That's been floating around. Everyone's saying because he wants to always find a competitor, be able to compete. Um, But at the end of the day, I still like regardless if the if the Mariners owner if John Stanton got Shohei Otani on his plate and he's like, okay, well. You know, you might only have to pay him for three years, but it's fifty million dollars a year. He's the type of guy that might say no to that. So yeah, awesome. I just don't know. Regardless, now I love the Shohei Ohtani dream because, and I'm gonna, I'm with you. Like I'm going to also personally stick to it and BS myself. I don't even know if I want to say BS, but I, I think I'm gonna continue my hopes because that a weekend like that did. You know, you saw Shohei's face every time the Angels blew a lead and you can probably see the Mariners having fun. Shohei Otani has a lot of connections. We've talked about it. Yep. He's his, his trainer uh is a born and raised Mariners fan. Uh he he's spent some off-seasons at Driveline Baseball in Kent working out. He's talked about how he loves the city. He thought it was well, like a pleasant surprise when the when the crowd was chanting like come to Seattle. So yeah. there is a lot of signs pointing to it. My biggest concern is the owner, even if Shohei says, I want to come here, if he says, okay, well, how much is it? And he's like, it's $56 million, even $45 million a year. He's going to be like, ooh, I don't know. I mean, it's a valid concern, but I'm going to hold on to that dream. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's 90%. If it was going to happen, the 99% – no, 90% of the chance of it not happening is based on the ownership Potentially, yes, right? Like absolutely. if we were the Yankees ownership well, money-wise.
0: I mean, I mean, I don't know, actually, uh, if that's 99%. I don't know. Like, I mean, there's also San Francisco. There is the Dodgers. There are the Yankees. No, no, I'm like, not talking about his decision. I'm talking oh, okay. about I like, know, Okay, I thought you mean if, if, he meant if, like he had no, a Let me finish. Let me say it.
1: I'm saying yeah. 99% if like if he says, okay, you're one of my two or three teams. 99% of the problems going to come from. The owner saying, I'm going to pay this much while everyone else is willing to pay this much. So I'm saying that's a 99% chance that Stanton is the reason that if it comes down to Yankees versus Mariners, that like the Yankees will say fine 60 a year for five years while Stanton will go, well, I'm not going above 42 so yeah, that's okay, what I mean enough. by ninety nine percent. Okay, that, that, yeah, I,
0: I, I had it a little differently, but yeah. not
1: that Shohei's like, oh, he picked us and we're ninety nine percent fucking it up like that. Yeah, okay. very different. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely different. It's a good pipe dream. But back to the point of the Mariners is they still do have the player who's the hottest player in baseball, which is Julio Rodriguez, and uh, that's somebody that we do have and we did pay, um, which and we have for a long time. Thank yeah, God, which I'm sure Stanton's very happy about that. He got to pay him early. Because at the discount, if you really think about it now, at this point, it's a discount. Yeah.
0: At this point, it's a discount. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, like, if you look at it long term, if he stays getting better the way he is and he continues to play like he is now, we're talking about Julio Rodriguez is going to be deserving of another, you know, maybe a $10 million a year boost because Mm. he's playing like, uh, I would say right now, you look at guys like him, Ronald Acuna, Shohei Otani, um, it sounds nuts, but he's kind of in that, you know, those names. I, that Those are big names. Babe Ruth,
0: Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr., all in that same class. No, no, really. I mean, look, he's had four what, is it five, four-hit games in the month of August? That's the most in a month since 1900. Like, yeah. we're, he is literally playing, like, the best stretch of baseball in history of baseball right now, almost. Like, no, no joke. Uh, it's I'm not saying he's the best ever in history of baseball, but this, like, last month might be one of the best, if not, like, top five months in Major League Baseball history.
1: Yeah, I think... uh I, I'm gonna. I was gonna tweet this actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't have time before our podcast, so I'll save the tweet for after, so I can you know link the podcast below. But we, because we're talking about Julio Rodriguez, is, is I was going through his last seven, fifteen thirty today, mm-hmm. and every night I go through it. Like I've been going through it. It's a just a st- stupid obsession I've had recently is going through. On MLB.com, what's his last 7, 15, and 30? Because you got to remember, like you said, he broke that record of four hit games, five four hit games in a month, which is the, the most in, since 1900. He broke, what was it, uh, 17 hits in three games?
0: 17, it was the 17 or 18, something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that was the record since 1930-something. Um, last seven games for Julio Rodriguez, Seven games is a smaller sample size. I get less excited. But 484, three home runs, you know, three stolen bases, yada, yada. 15 games, okay? Last 15 games, he's batting 472, six home runs, 25 RBIs with eight stolen bases um, and four walks. And now this is where when I look at 30 games, we're talking about a month, right? Like, we're not talking about... Eight games, nine games. We're talking about like 30 games essentially when you talk about 30 days in that movie or 28 games. In the last 30 games, Julio Rodriguez is batting 406, a 717 slugging percentage. He has 10 home runs, 36 RBIs, and 12 stolen bases in like a 28 game span. 406, 10 home runs. If you just had 10 home runs on the season, some guys, it's okay. Like he's 406, 10 home runs. Twelve stolen bases in a like twenty eight game span, and he missed a couple games those last thirty days, you know. Like, but he he did this all while like dealing with some cramps and all these little little knick knack things, and he's essentially like the best player in baseball the last thirty to forty five games.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know where his batting average was exactly before all this hot streak started. I, but... I
1: can I tweeted this yesterday on our Mariners on Tap account. He was at 238 on June 31st.
0: Okay. He's batting 286 now. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he'll get to 300. It it sounds absurd. But uh, if he gets to 300, he has 24 homers and 87 RBIs. I mean, it's very possible. We see Julio Rodriguez end this season batting 300 with 30-plus homers, 100-plus RBIs, and 40-plus stolen bases. Yeah, as long as he continues to stay hot. Yeah, I, I 80... don't think he's going to get it to 300. I mean, it just sounds absurd that he was would be able to raise his batting average from 238 to 300. But I guess he did from 238 to 286. Yeah, and it took about, I think it took like
1: 55 games. But yeah. like that, that's pretty quick. I mean, we're talking about when you're stuck at 238 at June 31st. It was like the day before the July 1st game. Yeah. When you're stuck at that number, you're talking about a number that's like... In June, you're, what, two and a half, three months into the season, essentially? Mm-hmm. So your, your batting average doesn't move that much anymore,
0: right? No, that's like no, really like, hard, unless you're doing what Julio's doing.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's where, like, I think it's one thing, if you're batting two thirty eight in the first month, it's very easy to get out of that if you have a great couple months, and vice versa. You could be batting three ten for the first two months of the season, have a little bit of a cold streak, and all of a sudden you're a two sixty hitter. Totally, like, normal occurrences, right? Mm-hmm. Uh but to be at 238 when July 1st hits, it, I would have guessed, even if he got hot, I'd be like, there's no way he gets over 260, 265 on the air. Like, yeah. if you get really hot from 238, like you have two and a half months, like 260 would have been like, okay. Like, he got really hot. He turned around his season. Like you said, he's almost at 290. I mean, we're talking about a guy that had a. Atrocious, atrocious! Like sophomore slump, first half. Exactly. We might wake up at the end of the season, like you said. Even if it's not 300, it, he might be at 291 with 30 home runs and 40 stolen bases. And like, what we went from what a sophomore slump. There were people tweeting, and I, I mean, I saw a Mariners Muse tweet about this a lot yesterday. Like, like we're so glad this Julio narrative's over. Like the slacker, he didn't do anything. Like. You know, like, he's gotten worse. Some people were saying, like, he needs to go back to A maybe this year at the beginning of the year because he was batting, like, 220 early, early and, like, couldn't get hits or home runs. And now we're talking about a guy that's probably going to work his way into some MVP votes. And if he gets MVP yeah. votes, you know that contract he signed is very incentive-heavy, too. That's why it was, like, like 300 yeah. to 460. The minute he starts slapping some of those MVP votes at the end of the season, potentially, we're talking about some big bonuses, Um, and just completely saving the Mariners' season.
0: Yeah, he's going to, in my opinion, end up finishing MVP, two in the American League.
1: Uh, After Otani? After Otani, yeah. I don't know who else is... I I don't know the odds, but I know Otani. He wouldn't pass Acuna if he was in the... National um, League. National League, just realistically. Um, I'm wondering... The baseball reference has MVP tracker, I believe. Right. Um, Acuna would be very hard to pass this year. I don't know if they have the tracker. Dang, I really like the NBA has the the basketball reference tracker. Yeah, because you can kind of like get an idea of who's close. Um, I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I'm not really like let's see the odds. The odds right that's now a, are okay.
0: If you found it, I couldn't find the odds for some Otani.
1: Reason. We're talking about eight seven. So this was like a couple of weeks ago. Otani dropped heavily at one point.
0: Okay, I got it. As of today, God, why do Tucker, I only have the Corey National Steger. League and not the American League. Where can I find the American League? I don't know. This is not. The, this, this is not. This, this is, is not, not the most compelling.
1: Yeah, my, the point <laughs> is, it's gonna be, so, like, it's gonna be Otani or somebody like. Like a Julio Rodriguez or a Kyle Tucker, if he has a great end of the year, or a, or a Corey Seager, if he has a great end of the year, I think right now it's just a very unsure outside of Otani, but Otani's winning it. So unless yeah. Otani gets shut down for like the last month and a half, he's probably winning the MVP. So at the end of the day, it's not yeah, the most. he's uh,
0: he's minus three hundred. I just found Otani's yeah. MVP odds as so, of today minus three hundred. He's going to win. As the MVP. I said, it's not. It, it, yeah. It's not. He's going to win the MVP.
1: But Julio can work his way into like probably the second. And that'd be a big deal for his career, for his incentives, whatever it may be. Uh, Okay. Mariners, hottest team in baseball. Julio Rodriguez, the hottest player in baseball. Uh, What we have is extremely exciting, which is an AL West showdown right now. Uh, The Texas Rangers are just firing away and losing every single game. Uh, 1-9 in their last 10, while the Houston Astros are... we're doing like average after that sweep against us, but now they've picked up back to pace and they're they're winning games. So we're we're still at that one game ahead in the wild, not in the wild card. in the division. It's been a long time since at this point in the season we've had any type of division uh, lead. Uh, this is the latest in the season since two thousand and three. But the 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 real question here is. We got to keep, or not the question, but the, I guess the statement is: we know we have the Houston, or we have Texas, Houston, Texas to end the season. Ten games, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's six against Texas and three of them against or four against Houston. What kind of pace do we have to have to be in a spot where those games matter for the division, right? Because that's a big spot. Like if if. You're only one game ahead. So any reduction right now where we're putting ourselves in a tough situation, we can't stay this hot. Like, I mean, we can. It'd be nice. But I'm just saying you can't, uh, as a prediction, the prediction can't be, oh, we're just going to keep winning nine out of ten games, right? Like, as a prediction, there's got to be some reality here. What pace do you think we have to be for the next month? Like, you know, uh, every seven out of ten games,
0: six out of four, or six out of ten? Yeah, I was gonna say six out of ten. I mean, seven out of ten. You're still playing at 100 and over 116 win pace, which is the best team in the history of baseball. Like so, around six out of ten, well, you'll be right in there entering the final. If you win seven out of ten, you're you're gonna win the division. Like 700 baseball is. Literally, what the 116 team, 116 win team did throughout a whole season. So yeah, if you play on pace to win 95 games, which is about 60 ish I think, then yeah, you're going to be able to. Uh, you're going to be right there, final week of the season with a chance to win the division.
1: Yeah, but it, I don't know. That seven, uh, seven out of like seven and three out of the last ten is going to be important. I think there's a lot more teams right now that are at seven and three over their last ten or more than you'd assume. The Seattle Mariners are nine and one on their last ten. Tampa Bay's eight and two in their last ten. Baltimore's eight and two in their last ten. National League, you have Milwaukee's nine and one in their last ten. Cubs are seven and three in their last ten. Atlanta seven and three. Philly seven and three. Dodgers seven and three in their last ten and Arizona seven and three I, in their last ten. So I all understand the, that. those are all the division leaders. Every yeah. single division leader except for Minnesota is at seven and three or higher right now. I feel like at the end of the season, this is the time where, because I know what you mean when you say that pace. That pace does not mean all year, but I feel like it always happens. Who wins the division is the team that has that pace, right at the end of the year. Right, yeah. like right now, I, I Tampa Bay is only two games out of first to Baltimore. Yeah. If Tampa Bay is going to win this division, they're going to end up being on that 7 and 3 or 8 and 2 pace and Baltimore would have to be less than that, right? That's how it all I just feel like the end of the season, it always works out that there's like that hot team or two can that I, wins can, the division.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds great and all, but I will look at the end of the season and see where it is. If we're at a 7 and 10 pace, I promise you, entering the last week of the season, we've had the division clinched. Cuz I just looked it up, 7 and 10 would be at a 113 win pace. 6 and Six out of ten is still a ninety-seven win pace as a team. Like that's like a really damn good team. If we are seven and ten, if we are seven and ten from now at seven hundred ball, the rest of the season, we go into that last weekend of the season not even needing to win a win to win a division.
1: I disagree with that uh, because the Astros. And the Rangers could also be on that pace and you're still at one game. Yeah, I just yeah, think it all depends. It all depends when you play that series, obviously, man. that one team's going to swing one way or the other. So I guess, hypothetically, if we stayed at 7 out of 10 all year, yes, we would be winning the division easily because that means we're also doing it against them. But uh, I just don't know. I, I'm I'm worried about – actually, I'm more worried about Houston than I am Texas right now because Me too. Houston's starting to win ball games again, and you can see that it's – they're 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 kind of getting warmer i saw it yesterday and they're
0: the world series champs man like yeah. if you want to be the champ you got to knock down the champ right so yeah, yeah. I, like they've been there before they know how to win they know how to get to the playoffs i'm more worried about them as well
1: yeah and i mean i just saw yes two days ago they had put up 17 runs and then yesterday they put up like 14 again i mean it's a hit a home run for the first time in a while and altuve had a cycle and you, they still have bregman and kyle tucker and you and yordan alvarez like you got it That's the team that I'm more worried about than Texas. And like you said, Texas might have had all those free agent signings and they might be they were the hot big the big hot thing this year, but at the end of the day, Astros are the World Series champs. And that's the team that you're always gonna be targeting. But I just hope, you know, all that matters to me, George, to to summarize how I'm feeling, because I fucking love this feeling that we're in first place this late in the season. To summarize it all, I just really hope over anything that we're part of That race when that last week comes up. I don't want it to. I I, I don't want to. I hope we don't get lost, you know, a few games back where those games don't matter as much because that's going to be really fucking cool for a Mariners fan to watch against Houston and Texas. Like,
0: whoever wins these series are going to win the division. And it'll be first time since childhood. (laughs) Exactly. No, I'm looking forward to it, man. This is the best best Mariners stretch since my childhood. That's the best way to put it.
1: It's pretty fun. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, in a – we're about to record a Seahawks part that releases on Thursday. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever you're listening to this Mariners pod, the next part of this podcast will be a Seattle Seahawks podcast um, on the feed. So you can check out on the feed. um, And probably on this podcast, you'll be hearing a preview of our other podcast, the Sports on Tap Brothers podcast, uh, where we talk content creation, talking to creators to ourselves sometimes uh this episode is just us but um we're gonna be talking a little bit about x or twitter whatever you may call it mm-hmm. so stay tuned for that and uh george what's up man you know what we like to say
0: hey thanks for stopping by
1: peace out. all right talking twitter today or x we're Xing or tweeting we don't even know these days george what we're doing
0: but twitter was the x name of
1: I don't know what you said. You smashed your mic in the know. middle of I, that. So. I didn't know it was right here.
0: Twitter is is the X name, man. You can't like go with that name. It's X now. I, I like the start to this podcast. What we
1: got was we got a, some mic smash. Uh, we man. got we got some some. I don't even know. I don't even know where we were starting. I didn't even know where I was going with the beginning, but here we are, and uh, we're talking about X Twitter, whatever Twitter X, creating niche pages for growth. Now I think uh, for those that need some background context or some context is here at the sports on tap what this podcast or this page is today's a really short podcast version but it's a, mostly a video we're talking about how we grew our twitters and a lot of our business pages there and the main source of that was growing through niche pages so we're from seattle originally and uh we've got a lot of seattle sports you can see a sonics jersey if you're behind george's head you can see a julio Rodriguez mariners uh, Funko Pop behind my head and, and all the stadiums There's a ring light But that's all the stadiums in Seattle And I'm we, also wearing a Seahawks
0: hat Yeah, so Seahawks hat make it on, <laughs> make it And obvious. a Husky
1: And there's a little Husky over there a little Husky Behind yeah. you We've represented everything now uh, There The way we Approached our business Early on Was building these niche pages On Twitter Which was a niche Mariners page A niche Seattle page Our personal pages Was a lot of Seattle sports niche Um, and I thought, you know, or you thought actually this one, we thought it would be a good idea to talk about it today and how that has helped supplement other growth in other places too.
0: Yeah. I mean, this pod, we're really like focusing on how to become a creator, how to become a working in business of sports and, here on this YouTube channel, you can go back to some of the videos talking about like some of the mistakes people make. And one of them, I say is not niching down, because it's really hard to grow at the beginning, it's easier, like let's say you wanted to start a podcast for just, you know, for argument's sake here and examples sake, if you go on Twitter, and you start your podcast, and you want to like advertise for it, and you are putting out a podcast about all things sports, All of a sudden, you're tweeting about the NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, soccer, and it's like such a broad spectrum. And there's so many pages like that, Bleacher Report, ESPN, that are already followed. So like, the fans are going to be really hard to come by to find loyal followers. But if you go to something like the Seattle Seahawks here, there only are a few pages. And it's very easy and searchable that if you're using Seahawks, seahawks seahawks and tweeting it out over and over and over and over again they're gonna find that loyal base that's hey i love the seahawks there's not that many seahawk pages let me follow the seahawks because i know this page is gonna give me exactly what i'm looking for which is my favorite team and then you can build your podcast off that an audience or youtube or whatever you know your primary channel is
1: yeah i would i i would also pivot a little bit off of what you just said for a second is not pivot off of it but like I'm going to give a little bit of a side note of where I I also think you said there's not that many pages. I think that's fine, even if there was. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I would say that like even if you're looking to become the next, you know, if, if you're, one of your goals is to be a New York Yankees podcaster and right. you're like I'm going to go on Twitter and be all about the Yankees, I think it's okay that even if it's a saturated place. So I, I would I would say like don't worry about if it's too many people or not too many people but if it's a good niche and it's something you're passionate about i think the main thing is like people are always looking for value Mm -hmm. to interact with the page or interact especially on especially on x or twitter whatever you want
0: to call it this is the sports on tap brothers podcast george and sammy want you to always remember sports are fun let's rock